In today's show, we're looking at the fantasy basketball waiver wire. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or don't need and can even negotiate better deals on the ones that you want to keep. Thank you to you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're here to talk waiver wire before the games on Wednesday, which basically every team plays. So let's have a look at what we've got on. Who are the most added players over the last little bit of time? And number one on that list, and it's good because I get to play the sound. Hands off my cock! Danilo Gallinari. Last couple of games have been impressed from Gallinari. I don't believe that he will be a 12-team league player. I think that's a little bit reactionary from Gallinari. Yes, Hunter is out. Herder is going to be the starter there. They have reduced a little bit of Bogdan Bogdanovich's minutes, and Reddish can fluctuate quite a bit. But I don't see Gallinari as a consistent enough player to be anything more than a stream. And if you're adding him to stream on a Wednesday with 13 games, then I think you're doing streaming wrong. So I don't know why he's being added in as many leagues as he is. In a 14-team league, sure. I don't don't have a problem with that. I just don't see him as good enough to be a must-roster 12-team guy. RJ Hampton's an interesting one. Last two games for RJ have been really good. Um, Both of those have been without Cole Anthony, of course, without Markel Fultz, and one of those was without Gary Harris. I like Hampton a lot in the preseason. I, I, you know, obviously I was way off on Cole Anthony. In the preseason, I said, yeah, I think that they should be developing Suggs and Hampton to be their backcourt of the future. Now, things probably have changed since then but they have really marginalized him. I don't know that he's going to be able to produce at this level when Cole Anthony plays. And again, is he worth adding for a 13-game slate? I'm not really feeling why we're adding him in so many leagues. I like him, but the and he should be getting those minutes over Gary Harris, absolutely no problem, right? But is there enough there for me to look at him as a 12-team league guy? Probably not. Um, I like this bloke, though. Old Joe Rogan himself, Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Everything is just slowly, slowly trending up. Look, we spotted this weeks ago and said, let's just watch 14 teams. We've been adding him for a while and even taking that flyer in 12s. And I think it is the time now to, to grab in a 12-team league just to see what happens with Jeremiah Robinson. Does he push into a consistent 28-minute-a-night role? Whether he starts at the four, at the five, comes off the bench, I don't care. It's all about those consistent minutes. I'm, like, I'm liking what I'm seeing. I'm liking the consistent uptick in production. I think he can get better. Can he ever be a top 80 guy this year? I would doubt that. But you know, top 100, top 110, maybe. I think there's enough there. Contavious Caldwell Pope's being added in a lot of spots. And again, I don't really see why. That's more for deeper leagues rather than 12-team formats. Um, and Isaac Okoro, people are really reacting to what happened last game. Now, his minutes are up. There's no doubt about that with no Colin Sexton and, of course, no Evan Mobley at the moment. They're pushing Okoro's minutes up. I do not believe that Isaac Okoro will be a mainstay top 120 player. 
16 team leagues, I've got no issue with it. 14, all right, take a flyer. But Isaac Okoro's a poor shooting, low usage player who sometimes gets steals. And I just don't think that that's going... Look, I could be very wrong on that. Maybe he takes a big step forward from what we saw all last year and what we've seen outside of the last literally one game. Um, but I don't really have faith in that. Kevin Herter, yep, he's a 12-team must-roster player, as is Jared Vanderbilt, as is Patrick Beverly. Those guys need to be rostered in all 12-team leagues, I believe. Um, Beverly, the, the hierarchy of those three is Beverly, Herter, Vanderbilt, I think. That is how I'd be approaching that. And then also Pat Connaughton, who again, I don't know what happens when Lopez and then when DiVincenzo returns. And I don't think it'll be good for Connaughton. But for now, yes, he's fine to have. Those two guys aren't playing. It's just, I guess, when we look at it long-term, I do think that he will suffer. And instead of playing 30, 31 minutes a night, he'll play 22, 23 minutes a night. And that is obviously going to be enough to take him out of 12 and maybe, maybe out of 14-team league discussions. That's, that's a possibility as well. Let's look at some droppable players now. Um, I think you can move on from Taylor Horton Tucker. We gave him a chance. We took the opportunity. He stunk with LeBron. He's now stunk without LeBron. The upside is not high enough for me to deal with the stinking that is happening at the moment. He will have some better games. He's not going to go 0 of 8 every game like he did yesterday against the Knicks. But that doesn't mean that we have to hold or that we have to deal with this sort of shit. So get rid of him. Eric Bledsoe is a tougher one. But again, if you're in a shallow format... If you're in a points league, I think Bledsoe is a uh, is a Jack Armstrong here. In fact, where is Jack? Is he here? Get that garbage out of here! I think you can feel okay. But look, and in two weeks' time, Bledsoe will be an ad again. I've got no doubt about that. But that's how this shit works. Is when you're not a high-level player, a top 10 um, on a fantasy team, like a top 100, top 110 sort of player overall, you're going to have moments where you're droppable. You're going to have moments where you're addable. And you're going to go back and forth, just trying to hit gold on that. And I think with the upside of Bledsoe not being particularly high, that I'd be happy to move on. Serge Ibaka's being added in a lot of spots. He should not be. He should not be a 12-team league player. If you do have Serge Ibaka on your 12-team league roster, I think you can move on. Also, if you do have James Wiseman on a 12-team roster and you are sacrificing an injured spot because you've got another injured guy and you're not putting him in there, drop him. If you don't have an injured spot and you have Wiseman, get rid of him. I don't think he's worth worth a stash. I don't think TJ Warren is worth a stash. I don't think Victor Oladipo is worth a stash. I don't even think Marco... I don't think Marco Fultz is worth a stash. I'm not even sure John Isaac is. I probably would stash him, but I don't think that those guys are going to be worth it. Larry Nance, we had like one good game, or maybe two, and then back to limited minutes. The upside of Nance to be a top 70 player probably needs 28 minutes a night, and it just isn't getting there. Um... Again, if you want to hold, I don't have too much of a problem. Like I'd much rather hold Nance than Horton Tucker or Ibaka. But it's not moving in the right direction. The wiki, Chris Boucher. Get that garbage out of here! Surely you're not still holding. Surely. Like, this guy's been a drop since about game three. Um, but the numbers would tell me he's still being held on to. Andre Drummond, wait until today's game. But Embiid is likely back on Saturday. And then Drummond goes and plays 20 minutes, and then it goes down to 16 minutes, and goes down to 15 minutes. I just in a daily changes league, I don't think you can deal with a guy that even starting hasn't been a top 100 player, and when he's on the bench, he'll be like 190th or something like that. I don't think there's any um, point in that. Mason Plumley, not high priority to hold on to. Um, he's been pretty shit house, and I do think he will take a hit when PJ Washington Jr. returns. Like Washington's not playing, and Plumley's still getting 24 minutes a night, 25. Like, he's not like he's just jumped straight up and the numbers still aren't good. Kemba Walker. Hello. In fact, goodbye. See you later. He'll be better than this. 
no problem. Much like with Eric Bledsoe, they'll be better. But will they be good enough? And do I need to wait through the inconsistencies and Thibodeau's rotations? I don't think so. I don't think that all burst. At the start of last season, I said, I'm really worried about Kemba Walker. I think his knees are cooked. All right. And then in the last two months of last season, he looked all right. And went, oh, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was a bit premature on that. And then I was okay drafting him this year in the 90s. Mate, I should have just stuck with that initial thought. He's cooked. His knees are rooted. Like I just don't think he can get back to that level of level of player. He fooled me with that little um, March-April run last year, but I, I don't really see it there for him. And then Steve Adams, not really looking at him as a must-roster player. There are times when he's viable, but Brandon Clark cuts in. Jaron Jackson's playing more minutes at center. There's just not enough there in Steve Adams for me to look at him as a must-roster player. But True Bill, that's one of the most must-roster guys out there. It is something that you need because you have free trials. They renew without your consent. It's a business scam. That's out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill and take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, that you don't want, or that you simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 redos a year with Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions. So you don't have to. I love how fancy they are. It's a concierge. Your Truebill concierge is here to cancel your subscriptions. So fancy. Truebill has over 2 million users and helped them save over 100 million bucks. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. If you could save thousands a year, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. All right. We've got one day left. I know you guys love the Built Bar Thanksgiving. Here it is. Can someone pull it off? Can someone bring a box of Built Bar to their Thanksgiving? Send me a photo of you doing it and then tell me what the reaction is. I just want to see it. Built Bar is a delicious protein bar and we know Thanksgiving. We know Thanksgiving food's great. We know it's delicious, but it's unfortunately high in sugar and fat and calories, especially the dessert. So why would you bother with a slice of pie? Yeah, it might taste great, but you're going to regret that on your waistline after you smash down half a pie with your mum looking disapprovingly at you going, Josh, do you really need that fourth slice? And you can say, mum, I'm an adult. I can do what I want. But if I had a brought Bilt Bar, I could have had a delicious one of those, smash down four of them, and that's the equivalent of like one slice of pie. What a win for everybody. Delicious flavors, great taste, low fat, low carb, low sugar, Bilt Bar. Go to Bilt.com and get yourself box or boxes of Bilt Bars using the promo code LOCKED15 at Bilt.com. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Let's look at some must-roster players. Josh, when you say must-roster player, what do you mean? I have these comments a lot. Um, I mean that if these guys are sitting on your waiver wire, your league is either too small or not paying attention. Does this apply to category leagues and points leagues? For the most part, yes, it does. These guys should not be sitting on any waiver wire. Ravishing Rick Rubio. And and these guys are all rostered in either under 70% on Yahoo or on uh, ESPN. And I I refuse to believe that 30% of leagues are inactive, meaning there are leagues out there where these guys are not rostered. Rick Rubio, how could you possibly leave him on the waiver wire? LaMarcus Aldridge has to be rostered. I think, I'm recording this before Wednesday's game, I think he'll be the starting center for the Nets, and instead of 22, he's going to play 26 to 27. Has to be rostered. Has to be. Um, Alex Caruso, back from his injury. Not as good in points league. So if you're in a 10-team points league, I don't think he's a must-roster there. 10-team category league, he probably is. And the same goes with Patrick Beverly, who is like a top 25 player over the last week. 
Patrick Beverly. He's a must-roster category league player. In a points league, he's probably a 12-team points league guy. Maybe not quite a 10-team points league guy. Joshy Giddy, must-roster everywhere. Points, categories, whatever. Lowry Markkinen, must-roster everywhere. 10, 12 points and categories. And Jalen Brunson, people dropped him after he got hurt yesterday. Maybe just calm down. Like We don't know what the hell the injury is. We don't know if he's going to miss any time literally at all. I'd like to wait for an injury that tells me he's out six weeks before I drop him because maybe he misses literally one half of one game and you've panicked and dropped him. So if someone panicked and dropped him, go and add Jalen Brunson, figure this shit out, see what happens with the injury, and then make a decision. Not dropping Michael Porter Jr. yet either, by the way. Just I want some more clarification on that. That'd be great if you get some news on where his old, uh, where his old back sits. Let's look at some upside grabs. Obi Toppin. I didn't like the Knicks picking Obi Toppin where they picked him last year. I didn't think he played well last year at all. Um, and I stand by that. I, I wouldn't have picked him at that spot. And I think if you go back and redo the draft, you wouldn't pick him there. But he is showing some promise as a small ball center. The problem I have is that the coach is a stubborn dickhead and he just refuses to use that combination unless literally two of his three centers are injured. I don't know what it would take for Thibodeau to run that rotation a little bit more. But Nerlens Noel slash Mitchell Robinson slash Taj Gibson's decaying corpse, they're not particularly um, robust in terms of their health. So there's probably going to be multiple times this year where multiple of those guys are injured. So that gives Toppin some upside look, some dynasty look, some, um, I don't think, look, let's let's get this right. I don't think Obi Toppin is a player that you want starting and playing 30 minutes in the NBA ever in his career. If he did, yes, he would put up good fantasy numbers. But as a 20-minute change of pace, small ball center, yeah, there's value in that. And that might even be 16-team value, might even be 14-team value. Keep an eye on him. Emmanuel, quickly, I think we're at, look, again, the stubbornness of Thibodeau kicks our ass here. But yeah, I'd add him in all 14-team leagues, Quickie. And then I would, um, I'd consider it in 12s. He's outperforming Kemba, Fournier, at times Derek Rose. Most times not, but at times. Um, and um, RJ Barrett, he's playing better than. He needs to be rostered, I think. Cam Thomas is more for deeper leagues and more for short term. But I think he can find a regular rotation role over Javon Carter. But at the moment, you've got Harris out and that is and Bruce Brown out. So that is helping him. Um, but keep an eye on his role increasing through the year. I've got Marvin Bagley on the system. Now, let's get something straight. And I've said this a million times, and I'm going to re rephrase this. Marvin Bagley is not good. It wasn't Luke Walton holding him back. He is not good. But, you know, he did find himself in the rotation over Chemezi Metu last game. If Elvin Gentry makes a bad coaching choice, and let's be also clear on this, Elvin Gentry has made lots of bad coaching choices in his career. But if he plays Bagley and starts him and plays him 25 minutes, then you want to make sure Marvin Bagley is on a points league roster. In a category league, we've seen him in 26 minutes a night. He doesn't even sniff the top 100, and I don't expect him to do it again. So I wouldn't say he's a priority there. But in a 14-team league, there is an opportunity for that to happen. In a points league, I think there's an opportunity as well. I don't think he's good at all, but I also know the Kings organization isn't good, the team isn't good, and the coach isn't good. So throw all those not goods together, and maybe something actually comes out of it. Aaron Wiggins, this is one for April or March when you're looking at if Giddy gets hurt or Gildas Alexander gets hurt or Dort gets hurt. Wiggins has impressed me a little bit for the Thunder. This is, again, very, very deep and very, very dart throwy, but just keep an eye on him. Kyra Lewis, very impressed the last two games. 
Will Willie Green decide to at least keep him as the backup? Is there a chance he supplants Devontae Graham? I'd say probably not on that second point, but ahead of Sadoransky, sure. Keep an eye on Lewis. And then KJ Martin. We always want to watch KJ Martin uh, in Houston. Things are going to change there. There's reports now that Steve Silas might be getting the ass. Fair enough. Does that change what they do with the rotation? Maybe, maybe not. But Martin has that upside, and I think it is going to happen where he plays 25 minutes a night this season. Um, all right. Before we get on to the last bit, I've got to tell you that, hey, it's Thanksgiving. You know that. You know what Thanksgiving means. It means football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. And Bet Online has you covered for all holiday season. More props, more odds, more lines than ever before. BetOnline is your number one spot for all your sports action this Thanksgiving. Head to the new updated desktop and use the code LOCKEDON and sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus. And it's not just football that BetOnline has. There's pro and college hoops, there's the NHL, there's boxing, there's UFC, or even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals for this Thanksgiving. Last section on the show. Let's look at some other names who I think are worth looking at. Muxy Kleber. I think he's an ad in 14-team leagues. Really impressed with what he did for Dallas yesterday. Dwight Powell's not an answer. Willie Cauley-Stein is not an answer. Moses Brown isn't an answer. The answer is Kleber and Porzingis. That is your front court. So look to Muxy. If he plays 30, he will be a 12-team league guy. Josh the Hitman Hart. We elaborated on him yesterday. He's still not rostered everywhere. He should be. He should be on a roster everywhere. Now, how the 32-minute shakeout when eventually Zion returns, I don't know. Um, I'm not massively bullish on Hart, but he is a must-roster player, I think, at this point. So make sure he's not on a roster. Alec Burke should be rostered everywhere, outplaying Fournier most nights, outplaying Barrett every night, um, getting good minutes. Now, the worry you have that if Barrett plays well, then Tibbs will keep this bloke at 12 minutes like an absolute dickhole. But that's, you know, I think that's a risk we have to take. Frank Jackson's been playing well. With Isaiah Stewart out, he's getting more minutes. Just keep an eye on Frank Jackson for deeper leagues. He's literally one of the worst players in the NBA that's not a shooter scorer. Like, that's what he does. He shoots, and he does nothing else. Like, you get nothing else. But that can be useful in deeper leagues. You want someone, if he plays 26 minutes a night, you might get 15 points, and that's super useful. So keep an eye on him. Pat Mills is a short-term option while Joe Harris is out. And then also in Detroit, Hamadou Diallo. Taking Josh Jackson's role. I don't think that he is a 12-team league guy, but there could be little moments in points leagues of him being 12-team valuable. And in 14-team leagues, I like where it's trending for him. And Jeff Green is another one. With Maga Porter Jr. maybe out for the season, Green is a 14-team league guy. He might sneak into 12-team territory. He'll be very up and down, and I wouldn't say that his value is going to be through the roof or anything, but there's enough there to at least consider Big Jeff Green. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Know what to watch for today because there's no games on Thursday. I will do a what to watch for show on Thanksgiving, so you've got something to listen to instead of listening to your family. That'll be there. Don't worry. Guys, um, subscribe on YouTube. Give it a thumbs up. Ring the notification bell. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.